Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Uh, time for how to when we address uh, some things we may only do once or in this instance perhaps two or three times it is how to organise a wedding Sharon Griffin is owner at Frog Prince, Frog Prince Weddings Sharon good afternoon to you good afternoon uh, okay so um, couple decide right we're going to get married and they don't know Jack uh, and what's the first thing they should do <laughs> Do you know, this is a really good one. Everybody always jumps on the bandwagon and they're straight onto Google, searching, searching, searching. And I'm always a big one. We're 16 years planning and looking after couples with weddings at Frog Prince. And I say, pause, enjoy your engagement. Just take a breath. Enjoy the celebrations. Have fun. Give yourself a little bit of time and then come together you as a couple sit down and talk about the type of wedding that you want. Are we going to fly off to, you know, the south of France? Are we going to have a small intimate wedding in Dublin City? Are we going to have a big shebang weekend breakdown in the hills in Donegal, you know? Yeah, unless and they live in Donegal, in exactly, which case, obviously, yeah. they're, uh, that's not, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, then, uh, well, but... I suppose the thing is, as soon as you announce your engagement, people go, where are you having it? How many people are coming? Exactly. Uh, And and, and there are questions that you haven't answered yet. Yeah, and I feel like just reflect it back. Say, you know, we're going to sit and sit and have a think about it. We're going to plan um, and take our time to to decide together. What we'd find over the years when you speak to people is they actually haven't really spoken about what they want. And then a bit of conflict kind of arises when Mm. they go to start looking at at hotels. You'd meet couples who might have been to 20 or 30 venues. But actually, if they'd sat down in the beginning and decided, actually, is it a country wedding we want? Is it a city wedding we want? And made those initial decisions, they wouldn't look at 20 or 30 venues. Do you know, they'd have narrowed it down. So if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, Mm -hmm. as soon as a couple uh, announce their engagement, the next thing on the agenda is a huge row uh, over... (laughs) What's going what's to happen? But, you know, but th- can rise those up. bits yeah, are, but- nego- th- that next bit is a negotiation. Of course it is. And I think in all relationships, um, it's this is the start of it. It's yeah. the start of it. The negotiations begin, you know, s- someone a little bit of give and take and make a decision. You might be absolutely aligned and the two of you might want the exact same thing, but quite often that may not be the case. Right. Yeah. And to get... Probably the obvious question out uh, out of the way first. In your experience, at yeah. least, when it's not same-sex couples, when it's opposite-sex couples, mm-hmm. would it tend to be the case that the female has a clearer idea about what the wedding should be like than the male? Yeah, I would say 90%, if not more, it is led by the female, the same as a lot of things, I think, in life, you know. <laughs> and I, a lot of it is driven, yeah, but it's always great to get an opinion to seek, is this actually what you want before I roll ahead and just plan? Yes. <laughs> because actually... Actually, the conflict comes later than, you know, when you're making decisions further down the line about things. It's like, well, I actually didn't really want this anyway and I'm not feeling so happy about spending all this money. Well, what, you know? Does it often happen that she charges ahead, starts organising things, she's organised 10 things and then she goes, you haven't helped with anything, uh, even yes. though she hasn't consulted them at all. This this really happens. And a big thing that happens is there's a stress factor. So stress comes yeah, up at this stage. Yeah. And I think what you'll find is a lot of, uh, I'm not stereotyping, but quite often, um, guys aren't as involved in the wedding planning and then stress happens a couple of weeks out a couple of months out from the wedding because they haven't really been involved so they don't know so much about the wedding mm. so this feeling of um, 
a loose cannon, I suppose, is out there and they don't really know how to pull it back in. And you, you'll find that with brides too. The, the most relaxed brides are like, oh, sure, look, it's grand. We'll do whatever. They're actually the most stressed when it comes down to the month before the wedding because they haven't ticked off their boxes. They haven't made this really structured plan. And then they're facing into this huge task. Like, it's mm. a massive thing. It's a huge oh, amount no, of money. Big absolutely. time investment, big money investment. Yeah. So might it be an idea in that initial stage then mm-hmm. when they're talking about how many people, how much to spend and where they going to have it yeah. divvy out jobs between each other as well areas of responsibility much, or like what are you most interested in you'll find they're again not to stereotype but quite often the guys are really interested in cars if they're going to book cars they're really interested in music bands lighting and they look after all those types of things or maybe the drinks menu you know they might be into wine another one might be into food mm. so they're often fall into that category of you know the grooms right classes, okay yeah. now you did mention now in, in the instance where they're going to have it in a hotel. Yeah. And you hear about this all the time that that couples just spend months on the road going around various places. Yeah. So the way of cutting that down is what, do you Make think? a decision. I think, like, find out, like, the budget. It's like, how long is a piece of string? We meet people all the time and I'll say, well, could you give me an idea of your budget? They'll be like, don't know. I'm like, but you don't go into a car shop not knowing how much you're going to spend. I mean, you can Mm. buy a car for five grand, you can buy a car for half a million, you know, plus, plus. And you have a guide, a figure of, I'm going to spend, you know, 20 grand, I'm going to spend 50 grand, I'm going to spend 75,000. And that'll actually guide you onto what venues to go visit. Because some hotels, it might be 350 quid per head. Is that going to be in your budget? It could be 150 quid per head. Okay, well, that's more aligned with our budget. So go send a little email, kind of have a look at your packages to the hotel before going and seeing anything check that it's in your budget and have a look a good look online like a lot of the websites are brilliant to show you what's Mm. around what what you know is it going to sit now, in the it, style you're choosing? If you're not having it in a wedding, mm-hmm. if you want to have it in, if you like, for want of a better phrase, a more non-traditional setting, yeah. is how much it's going to cost messier to ascertain? It really is. And that is difficult. So that's when you'd like kind of lead into, I would always recommend going with a planner, whatever that planner is, to give you some guidance and some advice because you're talking about things. It's like putting on an event. It's basically you need toilets, you need electricity, you need um, health and safety plans, you need parking, security, like if it's a marquee or if it's a private castle that doesn't host a lot of venues, you definitely reach out and look for the help elsewhere and a bit of guidance for someone to help. You're doubling your budget instantly yeah. by... Are yeah. you? Well, you have to pay for a fork, a knife, a glass. You have to pay for tables, linens, every can you single rent that thing. Stuff? You can rent it, but, yeah. it, but it would usually be included in most venues' packages. Yes, because they yeah. obviously have mm-hmm. it anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, do you, actually, on that, particularly on that subject, Elle wants to know, do you need to get insurance if you have the reception in a marquee at your own house? Got engaged and wondering how big a job uh, it ourselves would be. A marquee at a house. I know like one of the girls works for us got married at home prior to working with us and she um, didn't have help because she's an amazing planner. But actually on your wedding day, you don't want to be a planner. Actually, the day before your wedding day, you don't want to be a planner. And you don't want to put the responsibility on a family member or a friend because that's a huge amount of money and it's a huge task for anybody to do. And a planner will have a team of people that they're working with, you know look, seek professional help, most definitely. But yes, I would ring your insurance company just to make sure that your indemnity is covered for the house. What is that? Most of it will be. Um, And then you could look at wedding insurance as well.
Okay, yeah. there is such a specific thing there as is, wedding yeah, insurance. Yeah, just to cover yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In case anything went on, that if there was an issue with a supplier or anything, that you're covered. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I've been to a few. This is kind of not on the same, quite on the same thing. I've been to a few weddings where there's an act or something organised for the pre-dinner drinks part, yeah. like magicians or sketch artists. Is this the new, the new thing to do? I think uh, weddings have kind of evolved into this experiential thing. So people are spending a lot of money and they want their guests to come and really celebrate and have an amazing day and have a really wonderful experience. So couples are looking outside of the traditional things. Will I do something different? And quite often they will bring in like a two hour drinks reception is a pretty long time to be standing around Mm. if you're not with your best mates or yeah. your, all your immediate family, you know, if, if you are just a guest at a wedding. So they will often look to fill that space with something that will entertain people. Yeah. So but it's definitely an option. It's not a given. It's yeah. not a given, but is yeah. it like, magi- I've never heard of oh, having yes. magicians You'll at have weddings. magicians, you could have dancers, you could have, you know, guys going around singing, you know, with little mandolins and drumming and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Crikey. And that's going to cost them. It, it, it is. But again, your budget is your budget. Whatever you feel, it's your money. It's your day. Choose how you want to spend your money. Choose who you want at your wedding and make sure you have the day that you want something. OK, so mm. it's going back to the hotel model and they've taken care of a lot of things. What, what things won't they take care of that you'll have to organise yourself? So a hotel... It will give you a standard package. So they'll give you like a standard linen, standard napkin, um, sometimes chairs, like a conference chair. Um, and they'll give you obviously your beautiful food and drink. And um, But if you wanted to change up the look of the room and create something a little bit more elegant, a little bit more along with your colour palette, you can rent in things like linens, napkins, flowers. They can be as extravagant or as simple as you like. Okay. Candlelight. You can have uplighting in the room. The same, like a mini event really I suppose yeah, yeah. And, uh, but they don't do music say either they don't no. do they music no the so they won't you. hire the magician so you'd also need to look for your, your music your bridal flowers your um, entertainment for the night time maybe a DJ for when the band yeah. has finished yeah yeah now in hiring those things and, yeah. and like I've heard stories and people were two days before they just pull out and, and you know, the, mm-hmm. you're down a DJ or you're down yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Is there any way to ensure that doesn't happen? There really is. I'm 16 years working in the Irish wedding industry and 15 years in hospitality prior to that. And I know we have a really tight network of good suppliers where, where we work under our word, you know, and I would reach out to someone that you know that's been working in the industry a, lot, a long time. Sometimes the cheapest option doesn't work out to be the cheapest option, yes, you yes. know. So go seek advice. Ask your your hotel if you're in your hotel. Ask your planner if you're you're working with a planner, or ask friends. Like word of mouth in Ireland is so powerful and so strong. It's how a lot of people do business, especially in the wedding industry. Speak to someone. Mm. Who did you use? What were they like? Can you recommend them? It's a really good option. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, planning the tables. Mm-hmm. Is there an art to that? There is absolutely an art to it. Leave it alone. Don't even look at it until about four to five weeks before your wedding have an idea so group people if you have 100 guests put them into little sections you know his and hers or hers and hers whatever it may be and four to five weeks before you'll have all your RSVPs back Mm -hmm. so you'll know who's actually coming and who's not coming and just look at it then 
put down about four or five hours. Don't overthink it. It's literally a meal. It's two and a half hours. Someone is going to have to sit with um, whomever you choose. Yeah. And they get up and walk away then. Very few people sit back at that table. They'll often lift their drinks and walk over and join a group of friends or join their cousins or family members at other tables. So don't overthink it. It's literally two and a half hours. And if you want to make it easier for yourself, don't assign seats on the table. Just say these 10 people are sitting at table two. And that's it. Or sitting at table 10 and they can find their own seats and that leaves it a little bit more informal. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. So, so everybody always has to have a seat. I would highly recommend always do a table plan. I've been at weddings where couples insisted not doing it and it's terrible. Somebody's missed the dinner call. They might be in the loo. They might be in the room and they come back and they've nowhere to sit or they have one seat at a table or two seats at a random table. So put a little bit of thought into it. It won't take long. Yeah, because I suppose you can... You see people are getting married and they have this, their fantasy idea is that the two families come together, they'll <laughs> yeah. mix them up in each yeah. other, everybody will love each other, yeah. they'll be throwing flowers <laughs> at each other. Yeah. That doesn't work. Really. Well, really, it's awkward meeting yeah. new people. We all have a bit of awkwardness in us, you know. And I think that there's a great icebreaker it, the night before. You can quite have, have maybe an, a, an, an evening meal or something mm informal in the venue of your choosing. Just invite the immediate families along. Shut it down at 10 o'clock. You know, get everybody to go to bed is the intention. And if everybody goes in with that, (laughs) you would hope it would work. Most of the time it does, in fairness, you know, but that's a good icebreaker. And then they will get along better the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Is it in, in, I'm getting we're staying with uh, um, hotels in this uh, instance, but can you, is it common enough, if you're not getting a church one, that you can get married in the hotel? Absolutely. Yeah, you can get married in the hotel gardens. We've had, even with the weather this summer it hasn't been amazing but most of the time it works out you can get an hour or two break it's not too cold and you can get out into the gardens to get married doing it all in the one venue is magic for the guests arriving and for you there's less moving around you can leave it a little bit later you know have your your ceremony at 3pm or 3.30 we have a wedding today and they're 4.30 they're getting married at so um yeah, leave it and have everything together. Why not? And yeah. is that is that you're, you can get married in a hotel and you're done and dusted. You don't have to go to a registrar or anything after you that. You can choose to do um, Dublin City Council registrar. So to have it officially done, you could have a spiritualist ceremony. You can have a humanist ceremony. There's so many different celebrants. You can just have a blessing, sneak off to the registry office a few weeks before and get married and just do a blessing. We've had family members, we've had cousins, friends actually stand up and host the, the wedding ceremony ceremony which is just a blessing in front of their friends and Right families. okay so it's not necess- mm. it's not necessarily the case though you'll be legally married. No, no you'd have to you could do though if you choose to, to register with um, Dublin City Council and have one of their official registrants come out or with Spirituality oh, Ireland what, is that or just Dublin Ireland. or any Any county my apologies yeah. Yeah. every county every council around the country will have uh, a list Right okay yeah. um, and they'll travel they travel, yeah, they do. Um, their times can sometimes be a little bit funnier. Um, so you're a bit more restricted. So book ahead is what I would say. You're probably not yeah. going to get one last minute. Now, you did say that kind of icebreaking night uh, mm. um, beforehand. Yeah. Is it now increasingly common that the, the wedding goes on for a while? Yeah, it's a mix. I think like, yeah, quite often Irish, we do like to party. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all been separated for so long and connecting again, back in, sitting, having fun. And it doesn't always have to be about drink or alcohol. You know, it can be just to be together as a family mm-hmm. and do things and see all the kids running around and having a really great time. So, yeah, people are extending them out two and three days. Um, yeah. Wow. And the, are That's they... the inner circle, though. Right, it's usually, okay. you know, immediate family. So parents, siblings, you know, maybe a couple of 
of cousins or one or two best friends mm. would come the evening before you. So, you know, that traditional thing when the wedding was over, the couple would go off on their honeymoon. Yeah. That's kind of gone now, is Yeah, it? I haven't seen that in a very long time. They oh. quite often have a little luncheon the next day or might take a day or two break. Lots of couples do mini-moons. So they'll go to Ireland, around Ireland for a couple of days and then head off when to the other side, the other hemisphere, when the sun is shining in the winter and they might take two or three weeks and head off to, you know... Yeah, yeah. During, during the course of the year as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there seemed to be a thing where there was a lot of weddings happening around Christmas time. Is yes. that still the case? It is very much still the case. You'll find a lot of expats come home at mm. Christmas time. It's a convenient time for them to finish in work and then they'll get that lovely two or three week break. A lot of their friends who are also expats might be home visiting for Christmas. So there's this lovely you know, a lovely time to get married. It's a magic time. All yeah. the family are, you know, sparkly lights and yeah. Uh, Roshan says, my biggest wedding tip is to get a joint email and book everything to do with the wedding with it. That way, both yes. people can be responsible for all the vendors and it doesn't end up being one person's job. That's yeah. clever. It's very clever. The The one thing I would say about that is make sure you have it checked in every day or you're looking at it because quite often... Yeah, did you see the email? Yeah, oh. No, yeah. if it's not linked to your phone or you're actually not consciously logging in each day, you know, yeah. <laughs> things they, can get missed. But it's a great idea. Uh, how often does it happen, Sharon, that you, you, know, you take on a couple and you're thinking, oh my God, this will never last? In... On a, in all honesty, 16 years, we're talking about thousands of couples yeah. here, I would say maybe two or three. Okay. Which okay, it that's, hasn't. That's a, and you and, know what? And did they last? They did. And oh, they right. Well, children. there you go. Like one of them was about <laughs> 11 years ago. They actually did. And I, I love my job because you, you get to meet the the most fabulous humans like and the the whole bridezilla thing it really isn't an Irish thing Irish people are very um, humble they're gracious they're grateful and they really just want to celebrate and come together in family and to have. I think remembering the whole purpose of the day is really important as well. Sean, like it's about two people getting married, no matter what your budget is, it doesn't matter. You're connecting two families together, traveling one road together, like coming off those two separate roads and just remembering that on the wedding day. Everybody from mother of the bride to father of the bride, just remembering that's really important. You yeah. Marry people yourself, Sean. That was very, that was very moving. Uh, that was uh, Sharon Griffin there, owner of Frog Prince Wedding. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.